Hey y'all, thank you guys so, so, so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Worlds of Country Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. On today's episode, I'm joined by Tiffany Johnson to talk all about her musical journey and so much more. Hope you guys enjoy this one. I know I really did. Talk to you guys on the other side. Almost forgot to hit the record, so good thing, good thing I hit it. <laughs> hey Tiffany, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. What have you been up to lately? Honestly, just writing and recording um, a ton and working on new music and playing shows and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. All all the good stuff. (laughs) Yes, for real. So when did this musical dream first sort of hit you? Oh, my gosh. I feel like this is such a hard question for me to answer because it was one of those things like, There wasn't a moment that, like, I remember being like, oh, I want to do music. It was just, like, always something that I did. And as a kid, like, I was obsessed with performing. And I used to do ballet and I did, like, musical theater. And just, like, any way I could be on a stage, I absolutely loved. And then I would just, like, go around my house, like, writing songs about whatever I was doing at the current moment. So it was just kind of, like, something that I did to manage my own emotions and, like, express myself and... I've just always loved it. So, yeah. Was there like a moment where it hit you that it could be so much more than just just an outlet for you? Or did that sort of naturally come to you over time? I mean, I think it was a little bit of both. I think it like naturally came to me over time. And I've always been a huge fan of like Taylor Swift and Kelsey Ballerini and Dolly Parton and all these people who performed on big stages and wrote songs for a living. So it was just kind of like ingrained in my brain that that's just like what you do. Um, But I would say like one of the first times I performed was probably like, when I realized that it was like a real thing I could do. I performed for the first time when I was like seven or eight years old. And it was just at this like local um, open mic that they had at this place called the Dolphine Arts Center. And that was my first time like performing in front of a real audience rather than just like my parents and like getting the audience's reaction and realizing it was like a real thing I could go out and do. Like that made me just want to keep doing it even more. So from that point what would you say was the first big step you took toward making it more than just a dream yeah um I mean pretty early on I had a mentor who like helped me learn how to basically just like write and structure songs um and turn my jumbles of word into like actual songs and then I started going to this thing called the wild west songwriters festival back in my hometown and it is basically like a songwriting festival where all these executives and ARs and label heads come and they bring different songwriters and artists. And my dad heard about it and he took me to this festival from the time I was like eight years old. And like hearing people who had written songs for Carrie Underwood and like Luke Combs and like whoever else, it was like, oh my gosh, like this is a real thing that people do and so I would take my little demos every year and I would show up to the like play your own demo and it was like a song I wrote called like living the dream when I was like 10 years old and I would play it for them and I would just like was that intimidating for you like no because I was like overly confident as a child (laughs) as I got older it got more intimidating for me but like when I was young I like I didn't have any of that I was like a fearless little 
little kid. So I'd go up there and I'd play my song for them and I would just like take in any information that they gave me and I would just try to soak everything up. So I think that was like my biggest like step towards music. And that was like the first time I found out about Nashville too. So that was the connection to Nashville. So yeah. So how did you figure out that Nashville was where you wanted to end up eventually? I feel like it like was never really a question for me for like the longest time in my life because like I was obsessed with Taylor Swift and Kelsey Ballerini and they all went to Nashville. So I was like, obviously, like I have to go to Nashville. That's like where everything happens. Um, it wasn't until like a year before I actually moved that I was like, okay, do I actually want to go to Nashville? Do I want to do LA? Do I want to do New York? Um, but I visited Nashville enough that I was familiar with it. And I'm from a really small town and like LA and New York are both like huge cities. And I was like, I don't know if I can handle that right away. So I chose Nashville just because it was a little smaller also. So, yeah. Nashville's got to be like one of the world's biggest small towns at the end of the day. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. I literally see more people here that I know like out and about than I do in my little tiny hometown. <laughs> like it is crazy. <laughs> So um, how close were you to maybe doing New York or L.A. instead? Honestly, like not that close. <laughs> it was one of those things like me and a friend were moving down here at the same time. And I was pretty set on Nashville. But I was like, but, you know, if one of my close friends like moves one of the other places, like I guess then I'll know somebody there. So then I'll go there. But I was pretty set on Nashville just because my brain had always kind of like been there. And I loved country music and the way they wrote songs in Nashville. So, yeah. That's kind of what made me decide that. If someone went with you, you kind of would have felt less alone, I guess, in the, the big city. Yeah, for real. Well, I did have a friend move down here at the same time as me, which helped. But I was like, honestly, like, if half my friends go to L.A., like, I'll be there. Like, it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. So what would you say have been some of the, the bigger lessons you've learned along your musical journey? Oh, this is a hard one. Honestly, just like persistence is like the biggest thing and it is all an industry of connections so it's just like you need to like network literally like it is your full-time job and it's just like also just like being friends with people and being kind to people and I think that's the biggest thing because people don't want to work with somebody that is not nice so if you're just like a good hang and you're friendly and honestly just like going out of your way to like become friends with people I think that is the biggest thing I've learned um also, I've just learned too to like take everybody's advice with a grain of salt because, you know, like everybody has their opinion of what kind of music you yeah. should make and what you should do. And it's like you just kind of have to at the end of the day, like do what you want to do. So, yeah. You got to figure out how when to listen to people and when to when to tune them out. And there's a line between the two that you sort of have to, there to really figure is. out because if you get the if you get the balance wrong, you're you're going to screw it up. <laughs> Yeah, it really can be hard to navigate at times because it's like you value these people's opinions so much and you really want to listen to them. But it's also like if you know deep down in your heart that like you need to be doing something like you got to listen to your gut, you know, so. Would you do you feel like at this point you found that group of people around you that you feel like you trust and that you super gel with or, or not yet? Yeah, I mean, I've lived I've been in Nashville like officially for a year now, and it's definitely been a process of like like meeting new people and seeing what works and what doesn't work and like who you just want to write with and who you just want to be friends with like it's like it's a hard thing but um I think I really have found I've been really thankful like blessed and very thankful that I found a lot of people who are really 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 encouraging and just people who are always willing to like lend an ear and 
help me out. And I really do think I'm like finding my group of people. I have some awesome friends here. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been hard, but I am really thankful for the process. So on, on the flip side of the lessons question, what would you say have been some of the, the bigger challenges you've faced, especially since you moved to Nashville? <laughs> oh my gosh. Mostly just like, I mean, some of the biggest challenges, honestly, just have to do with me, like, learning how to adult and, like, live on my own. Like, I moved up Nashville straight out of high school. So, like, I had never lived by myself. And just, like, having to learn how to be a human being um, was was kind of hard. I think the other thing is just, like, I mean, on more, I don't even know. It's just, it's been a roller coaster of up and downs and, like, just learning too that like it's okay to change and it's okay to like to like outgrow things and people so I think those are like some big lessons I learned this year when you first moved was it like a little overwhelming that you were moving straight out of high school and all of a sudden you're around everyone chasing the same dream as you yeah. I mean, I definitely came in hot. I was like ready to go. I was like, let's go. Like, this is going to be the best time of my life. And the first three months that I was here, like it was so fun. And I was just like meeting people and having fun and going to mixers and going to concerts. And then I feel like after that, like reality kind of hit. And I was like, okay, I have to learn. The honeymoon's over. <laughs> yeah. The honeymoon's over. It is real now. Um, so it was a learning curve. And it was a challenge, but you know, we're getting there. We really are. We're it's getting there every day. <laughs> it feels like home, and I'm like used to a routine. But it was it was definitely a culture shock from high school because I grew up in a town where it like wasn't normal to sing, and it was like weird that I did it. So I went from like the thing that made me weird, and like the reason that people were like, eh, I don't really know if I want to be friends with you to like the reason that people are like, oh my God, you're awesome. Like, you're just like me. Let's be besties, you know? So. So how would you describe your, your music for the people out there who maybe haven't heard you before? Honestly, I feel like my, one of my friends, Lauren Weinschaub always says that her music is like nonfiction. And I'm like, I relate to that. I feel like that's very much so me. A lot of times I say my music is kind of for people who are old souls, but also have teenage angst. So it's like for people that are like kind of wise, but then sometimes like still choose to do stupid things. <laughs> I feel like what? that's the what wise, but angry crowd. <laughs> yeah. Wise, but like also kind of angry. Um, yeah. And as far as like the production side, I feel like I've, I blend a lot of genres, but I feel like lyrically, my songs are at the end of the day, like storytelling songs and they're rooted in like country and singer songwriter lyricism. And then production is sometimes more pop, sometimes more country, sometimes more indie or alternative. Like, I don't know. I feel like production matters less than like what the core song is about. So. And I feel like we're at a point now with production where it matters even less about trying to, to try to fit it into a box. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with, I feel like nowadays everybody listens to everything. So as long as I'm creating a sound that sounds like like the period of time that I went through, like if I listen to it, and I'm like, this sounds like this breakup I went through in 2020, or this sounds like, like a coming of age movie that I felt when I graduated high school. Like if it sounds how it felt, that's what matters to me. So Yeah, we don't have to go and slap labels on everything at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, people naturally do and I get it, but yeah. 
mean, I guess they do it because they want something to to compare it to. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> if you had to pick one or two of your songs that stick out as personal favorites, what what would you what would they be? Um. Honestly, one of my favorite songs I've ever written is on my EP that I just released, and it's called Medicine. And I think it just means a lot to me personally because, like, I wrote it at a time where, like, I needed that song. Where, like, I that was just what I was exactly what I was going through. And I was not thinking about anything when I was writing that song except for, like, what am I feeling and am I portraying that correctly? And I just feel like it represented that time in my life. And so that's definitely a favorite. I also love over emotional just because the chorus is so fun. Um, and another one of my songs that's like underrated, but a favorite for me is empty ground because that song is just, I don't know. I really like it, it has lyrics that I like a lot. So. So when, when you're writing a song, does it sort of hit you right away that this one's special or do you sit on them for a while before you realize what it means to you? Kind of like both. Um, when I wrote medicine, I didn't really realize it was that special, but like when I wrote over emotional, I was, I was in the studio and we were like, I was track writing. So I was writing it while this guy was making a track and I, in the middle of it was like, um, like, I don't even remember what happened. I'm trying to remember this correctly. So I like tell the story correctly. He was playing the track and I like sang the melody of the chorus and then I wrote the lyrics for the chorus like really fast and it was one of those moments I was like wait I was like did you just hear that I was like did you just hear that chorus I wrote because like I'm obsessed with that chorus melody like that's so fun and Layton literally just looked at me he's like that's great Tiffany like okay like I'm gonna get back to playing this guitar part and I was like bro <laughs> this is so cool um so that was kind of a moment for me where I like liked that one immediately but Sometimes I, at first, I'm like, I don't really like this. And then I go back and listen to it. And I'm like, wait, maybe there's something here. So, yeah. So is there anything in, in particular that separates the, the good songs from the great songs and then the good songs from the bad songs for you? Or I mean, is I it think just the I, feeling? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm such a feeling-oriented person, if you can't tell. Uh, but I think, like, what makes a great song to me is something that is, like, honest and for the artist captures a time period in their life, but is also like timeless to an audience, you know, like something like the stuff that Fleetwood Mac makes, like that can come back around 30, 40, 50 years later and still like be related to and still hold, hold up, you know? Yeah, so I would song say that, sort of have that, that timeless nature to them. Yeah. I think that's a big thing for me. But it's like at the time, like, how do you know if you're making something that's timeless or not? Like, you you don't, but... You gotta I think jump in the time machine separate. and find out. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think that's what truly separates great songs. So um, what's next for you? Oh, man. So many fun things. I just played a show at the end recently. So, like, definitely more shows. Um, I'm going back home well maybe I'm not 100% sad on this but I think I'm going back home for the summer and playing a bunch of shows and doing a little tour and stuff like that so I'm really excited for that um and then just writing and releasing more music um yeah all the all the doing, same thing doing all, all the things <laughs> all the things you know yeah yeah so I want to do a little rapid fire with you before I let you go that's cool with you oh okay let's Fun. do this Better better be scared. <laughs> I'm scared. 
I am scared. I'm kind of worried. Would you rather have 20 toes or 20 fingers? Toes. People don't see them. Like, whatever. Everyone says fingers, but then they see you don't have fingers. Yeah. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Dream venue to play. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> if you could only eat one food the rest of your life, what would it be? Tacos, because variety. <laughs> you can do a lot of things with tacos. <laughs> tacos and potatoes are the two most versatile oh, foods. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, dream collaborator, dead, dead or alive? Um, honestly, like Gregory Allen Isakov. Yeah. I had another one. I forgot what it was. If you could, if you could erase any word from the English language, what would it be? Moist. <laughs> hate that word. That's, that's a love it or hate it kind of word. I also hate the word like crusty. I don't like that word either. It's like. They kind of go together. <laughs> Yeah. Mm, yeah. No. <laughs> that was chocolate a basic or vanilla. <laughs> oh, um, chocolate. I think that's all I got for you today. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> I feel like those rapid fire questions. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Then there's times where people spend two minutes, but it's, it's rapid fire. You can't spend two minutes on your answer. <laughs> like the hardest one for me is like dream collaborator because like. Yeah. Also, like a lot of my favorite people ever, favorite songwriters, like they don't really do a lot of collaborations or co-writes. Yeah. So it's like I would love to work with them, but also like they never work with anybody else, and their best work is like low key done alone. So like, I don't know. Yeah, you could you could dream of it, but it wouldn't you better have a realistic dream. Like Harry Styles, like I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I got another one for you. Actually, would you rather never be able to write a song again, or never be able to perform again? I would rather never be able to perform again. I can't not write songs. Like I, I can't do it. Yeah, that's that's what moves you at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, even if I try to, like, I it's just how I deal with my emotions. Like, and even when I'm like upset with the music industry or like things aren't going the way I want them to, I'm like, I need to go write a song about not wanting to write songs anymore. Like, yeah. it's just how it is. Definitely so. proves the point. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much again for, for taking the time for this. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so uh, glad we finally got to do this. Yes, me too. We'll do it again sometime. Yes, sweet. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Hey, y'all. Thank you guys so, so, so much again for tuning in. Hope you liked what you heard. If you liked what you heard from Tiffany, be sure to go check her out on social media and go check out her music wherever you listen to music. If you liked what you heard from the podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Give us a follow on social media at Worlds of Country on all platforms. Hope you guys liked what you heard. Talk to you guys next time.